Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tudor Podcast, welcoming you to another blast of uncommon sense for people like you, people like me, in the tutoring, teaching and coaching business. Now, before we start today, I'd just like to apologise for any traffic noise you might get in the background. That's because today I'm recording during daylight hours rather than deep in the dark night, which is when I'm usually active, something of a tutoring vampire. That's because... When I finish teaching guitar later on today, I'll be jumping in the cart and heading off to the mountains to watch the partial lunar eclipse and then hiking up Snowdon, Wales' tallest mountain, by moonlight and torch, pitching camp for the night and then watching the sunrise at about 5am. It seemed like a great idea at the time. Anyway, enough of this. Let's get cracking with episode 72. Mental movies. Mental rehearsal is a vital component of what I do from day to day with my guitar students and with myself. And I'd love to share with you the reasons why I believe everybody should be using this, along with how I use the technique with my own students. First of all, why do I think mental rehearsal is such a good thing for a tutor to have their students do? Well, because it works. Here's why. By practicing inside of the mind, the students can actually practice perfect performance without the instrument in their hands. And mental rehearsal entrains the brain in much the same way as real practice does. There's not much difference between them in terms of outcome. This is well documented. I won't bore you with the resource uh, and the research, but it's all out there in the public domain. You can get hold of it. It presents very low resistance to the idea of practicing. And it can be done pretty much at the drop of the hat anywhere. And most important of all is that when you're rehearsing mentally, it can be perfect every single time. So I have all of my students use mental rehearsal techniques for themselves. And here's how I ask them to do it now, or I suggest to them. First of all, I aim to have them visualize themselves performing perfectly. Well, first of all, from an observer's point of view, it's like someone else is looking on as they have fun play their guitars and sound great whilst they've got a big smile on their faces. From the onlooker's perspective, I have them watch themselves. As I say, they are performing perfectly. They have excellent technique and control. And they see themselves enjoying playing their guitars and ask them to notice how they look from the audience's point of view and listen and notice everything they can about the sound they make. Most of all, what they notice about the way they move when they're playing. Now, if the image they have in their mind isn't 100% right yet, I'll have the student make changes to the image right there and then and keep tweaking until it's perfect, coherent and vivid. If we use the metaphor of this being a mental movie, I'm asking them to make director's decisions and to shape the movie for what they want. So I'll ask them to tweak it, make it perfect, make it coherent and vivid for themselves. I'll also ask them to adjust and tweak the image qualities themselves. 
the very nature of the imagined pictures and the movie in their mind. The size of it, you know, is it a small picture? Is it a big wraparound 360 IMAX type thing? The bigger, the better. Ask them where they place that image in their own mind's eye. I want it up front, slightly above eye line, because that's where we tend to place images of our own future, above the horizontal, right in front of us. Get it big. Make it brightly coloured. Colour saturation is really important, as is contrast. If something's just a wash of greys, it has no shape and form. But if it's bright, bold, punchy colours with lots of contrast, it has much more impact on us. Now, I'll ask them to use the soundtrack for that imagined performance for themselves. Usually the piece of music they're working on. And I'll ask them to make it beautiful, perfectly executed. And the quality of the sound, I want it to be absolutely pristine for them. So I tell them to use Dolby Atmos, the cutting edge, multi-point, wraparound, super high fidelity, surround sound system that they use at at the local multiplex. An image resolution, I want it pin sharp, so it's got to be beyond HD, beyond 4K. It's got to be just incredible. Now, they also have the superhuman power of being able to zoom in and zoom out of the image. So they can zoom in on what their, say, their left hand, their fretting hand is doing. If they're right-handed guitarist, look at what they're doing with their pick. Look at the absence of tension in the fingers. And then once the the observer's point of view imagination sequence, the movie in the mind, is perfect. I want the student to float from the onlooker's position over to the image of themselves and enter it through the top of the head, enter into their own body, pulling on their skin like a wetsuit, feeling their way into their own sock-like toes and reaching into their own fingers like a pair of gloves so they can feel their own body now. I'll then have the student imagine looking out through their own eyes and watching themselves play beautifully from their own point of view. So we've gone from third person to first person uh, points of view. And as before, I want them to watch themselves perform perfectly, but this time from inside of their own bodies. Notice how they look when they're looking out from inside themselves. Notice the sound they're hearing. Notice how they feel now that they're playing perfectly inside of their own bodies. What do they notice about how they're playing? And most of all, what skills and insights are they going to bring back to the real world from this experience? When the mental movie is over, they can bring back lessons, learnings to the the real world. When they pick the guitar up, they'll still have those lessons and those learnings with them. So when should my students perform their mental rehearsals? Well, for me, the the real answer is any time they like, and they should do it as often as they like. Any time they've got a quiet few minutes, it's a great time to just close their eyes and go into that mental move and enjoy it. If they don't have a quiet five minutes, they could try headphones, preferably noise cancelling or closed back ones, playing back the music that, that they're learning. But I'll always preface that with a reminder to the student to be aware of the music video clown show trap. If they've seen a music video, they've watched a commercial and it's generally lip synced, which means it's mimed to previously recorded music. So we don't believe anything we see in adverts. The student shouldn't believe anything they see in a rock video either. 
Now, the very best time of all to do mental rehearsal is last thing at night. As a student, or indeed ourselves, as we prepare to drift off to sleep, we'll pass through what's called the hypnagogic state. It's a transition state between wakefulness and sleep. And it's there and useful to us because as sleep approaches, the brain changes its operating frequency from the so-called beta range, which is about 12 to 38 hertz. That's closely associated with normal conscious thought. And it shifts down to the theta brainwave range, which is 3 to 8 hertz. And that's associated with learning, intuition and memory, along with lucid thought and hallucinations. And of course, as they go into this deeply relaxed state, it's a great lead-in to a peaceful night's sleep. I really want the student to have those mental rehearsal sessions during the crossover between awake and sleep because the mind is most receptive and retentive at this time. So as often as they can, whenever they like, a quick five-minute mental rehearsal session can be relaxing and it can be invigorating for the student. And the more often they do it, the more vivid, familiar and actionable the mental movie becomes. Now, for decades, Olympic coaches made mental rehearsal part of the training programs of their elite sports people, making a vivid and credible movie of what's going to happen when they have to do it for real, on the day, so to speak. But mental rehearsal is not just for athletes and, stu- and students, it's for us too. We can create our own mental movie of us teaching perfectly. We can mentally direct and rehearse every scene using the exact steps I outlined earlier. And when it's perfect, we can enjoy it. We can enjoy the show. The best part of all of this is that we end up living the movie we created in our minds out in the real world. We run our mental images and we begin to experience things which are closely allied to what's in the mental image. The two merge and will follow the behavior patterns we've previously rehearsed in the mental movie. It'll seem completely automatic and natural to us because it's already familiar and it's comfortable. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it baffling that for many of us, and I include myself in this, though not so much these days, we let the deluxe movie theatres in our minds show random, low-quality B-movies in which we usually star as bumbling, clumsy versions of ourselves. And this is why I think metal rehearsal is such a powerful part of the teacher's toolbox. It's because we and our students can all become better versions of ourselves in the movies in our minds. So go to it, guys. Let me know how it goes. If you decide, and I think you should, have your students employ mental rehearsal techniques, let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear from you. Send me your comments, your questions, and your problems, as always, to info at neilcowmeadow.com. And follow me on Twitter, where I am, at Tutor Podcast. And that about wraps it up for today. But join me, Neil Camado, on the next fun-packed episode of the Tutor Podcast, where I'll be busting myths, filtering the fact from the fiction, and diving deep into what it takes to start, grow, and love your tutoring business. 
Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes, and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate, and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow, and love their tutoring businesses.